0: Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Pacific Division expert, Ananya Raghavan, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Clippers, Kings, Lakers, Suns, and Warriors as the NBA looks to kick off its second half of the season. Ananya, to start us off, the All-Star game was a lot of fun, specifically because of both Curry winning the three-point contest and his stellar shooting in the NBA All-Star game itself. Can you kind of tell us just from your perspective what game, how, how that game went down?
1: Well, to start off with the three-point contest, like you mentioned, he was just unconscious especially in that first round and showed why he's the greatest shooter in NBA history to get a 31 in the three-point contest that's no easy feat and Curry just made it look like layups the last shot he hit from that corner didn't even move the net so it was just wild to watch and then to hit the last shot to win in the second round to beat Mike Conley he, this guy's just so much fun to watch And then you move on to the game itself. You had Steph and Dame pulling up from beyond half court. You had Steph with his incredibly disrespectful right corner three turning around before the ball's even halfway to the rim. I can't even like put into words how fun this guy is to watch play. And he just has so much joy when he plays basketball. There's, There's absolutely nothing to not love about him.
0: Awesome to think about that, and really was fun watching him on All Star Weekend. The second half kicked off for the Warriors with a Pacific Division matchup against the Clippers. Um, how did that game go for the Dubs?
1: Well, to put it in one word, painfully. This was not a good start to the second half of the season at all. The Warriors shot nine of thirty-six from three. They had sixteen turnovers, and it was just a really lackluster and sloppy performance overall. Steph has struggled from three in his last five games, going twelve for forty-eight overall, and. This has just been the smallest part of the Warriors' problems, really. Their offense struggles to score at times, especially when the second unit is in. In the second quarter against the Clippers, the team scored a game-low 17 points, and almost every basket of theirs came about two minutes apart with their, with their longest scoring grout of the game going for over three minutes. The one saving grace of this team is that they're really good defensively, ranking sixth in the league. But against a team like the Clippers, your defense isn't going to be able to carry you all the way. And the Warriors have to be able to find a way to put points on the board.
0: So moving on from the Clippers, the next two games for the Warriors aren't any easier with them facing the Jazz and the Lakers back to back. Uh, What can the Warriors do against these Western Conference powerhouses to get them back on track um, in the second half of the season?
1: I have three keys for them. Limit turnovers, knock down open shots, and endure the runs. As far as the turnovers go, you don't want to give either of these teams extra possessions, particularly ones where they're able to get out on the break and get easy buckets. Then they go on to knocking down open shots. There's a number of possessions for the Warriors where the team gets good looks, but they're just not able to hit the shots. They need to start making these in order to have a chance to be in tough games. And then finally, endure the runs basketball inevitably is a game of runs and the Lakers and Jazz are gonna have theirs throughout the game the key for the Warriors is how much can they limit the damage and since their defense can be counted on pretty well that means being able to make plays happen on the offensive end so that those runs don't cause a lot of damage
0: going back to those Clippers we were talking about earlier how did they look coming out of the break
1: To start the game against the Warriors, they looked a little sloppy, and it looked a little bit like they were in all-star mode. That being said, they were able to pick it up fairly quickly, and then they just completely blew the game open. Kawhi Leonard continues to be a dominant force. He put up 28 points on 10 of 17 shooting, going 5 of 7 from deep. The best part of his offensive game is how he plays with purpose. When he puts the ball on the floor, he's not just dribbling to dribble. He's dribbling to get to his spot, shift the defense, and be able to either get a bucket himself or swing to his teammates. Then looking over to his teammates, we have Serge Ibaka, who posted a double-double with 16 points and 14 rebounds. Marcus Morris and Lou Williams continued to look great off the bench. So this was just a really great way to set the tone for the second half of the season for the Clippers. And even though it was a little slow out of the gates, they turned it on and showed why they're one of the best teams in the league.
0: Awesome stuff, and then this Clippers team is heading on the road for the next three games, facing the Pelicans, and then back-to-back games against the Mavericks. What does the team need to do to build off that Warriors win?
1: Starting off with the Pelicans, that New Orleans is, team is a bad defensive one, so I would like to see the Clippers be able to take advantage of that with lots of movement, watch the holes in the defense break open, and then convert on the easy shots. On the other end of the floor, the Pelicans are solid offensively with Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Lonzo Ball. Lonzo will look to get easy buckets for his teammates in transition, so the Clippers need to make sure that they're getting back and stopping the ball early, pun intended, of course. They need to be able to force Zion to take outside shots and to not let him impose his will at the rim. I'd expect to see Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris guard him because they match up best with his physicality, but I'd still like to see them force him into tough looks. And then similarly with Brandon Ingram, make him take tough shots. He's an extremely talented player, and his length makes him hard to guard in a similar way that it's hard to guard Kevin Durant. But you got to make force him to take and make tough shots. And if he does, you pat him on the back and make him do it again. And then looking over to the Mavericks game. The Mavericks have started to figure it out lately, winning four of their last five and going 11 and four in their last 15 games. In the third game this season, the Mavericks beat the Clippers by 51. These teams have a history with that tough playoff battle last year. So I'd like to see L.A. come out and make a statement in both of these games and show not only the league, but themselves, that they're a different team from last year and how they started off this year. While I expect the Clippers to win these next three games, what I'm more interested in is how they play and if that's conducive to championship basketball.
0: Moving over to our second Pacific Division team out of LA, how did the Lakers do in their first game back against the Pacers?
1: This wasn't the best game for Lakers starters, which is a bit to be expected when you have both Anthony Davis and Marc Gasol out. The highlight for this team was really the bench, which was a plus 26 overall in a five-point win. Kyle Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell played really well. Kuz had 24 points and 13 rebounds. Harrell had 17 points and six rebounds. And then you have another guy, Wesley Matthews, who was a game-high plus 19 in 22 minutes, even though he took three shots he was solid defensively and that's really what shows up on his plus minus is that even without the offensive scoring he was really contributing to the flow of the game ultimately for the lakers the starters aren't going to be a concern when they're at full strength so it's really great to see the bench stepping up and making plays because they're going to be a big determining factor for this team's success down the stretch
0: And then the Lakers split their season series with the Warriors so far with their final regular season matchup coming on Monday in in San Francisco. You talked about what the Warriors need to do in this game, but what do you expect to see from the Lakers?
1: These two teams faced off two weeks ago with the Lakers pretty much dominating the game in a 26-point win. And if I'm LA, that's the same kind of effort that I want to come out with. The Lakers are going into this game off of two days of rest, while this is the second night of a back-to-back for the Warriors who play Utah on Sunday. Now, that's two really tough back to back games for a Warriors team that's been struggling over their last few games and have been pretty much up and down the whole season. Although the Lakers come into the game with a distinct advantage, you don't want to let a team like Golden State hang around because when they do, they have one of the best players in the world who can make incredible things happen. And overall, standings wise, the Lakers aren't going to want to drop this game. If the Lakers can put together a string of solid games, following up the Pacers win with the Warriors game and then their next three games against the Timberwolves, the Hornets and the Hawks, the team will be in a really good place heading into a tough matchup with Phoenix on the 21st.
0: And then you've talked about the a lot about the Kings defense this year and how they really need to improve on that and how do they look to open up this part of the season?
1: I'm pretty happy with how the Kings played in their first game back. They had a 20 point win over the Houston Rockets giving up only 105 points in the process. There was big-time performances from the starting lineup with four of the guys putting up 20 or more points. Darren Fox, who I talk about all the time, had 30 points, 7 rebounds and 9 assists for an incredible plus 31 performance. I've also talked about how Harrison Barnes needs to step up and as the veteran of the team play better and on a more consistent level. Well, in this game, he had 20 points and 11 rebounds and was plus 27 overall. This is the kind of play that the Kings need from him going forward. And with his speed and athleticism, I see no reason why he can't do this on a nightly basis.
0: Another guy you talked about needing to really step it up for the Kings is Marvin Bagley III. And I'm curious, how did he play in this game? As Have you seen any upward trajectory for him?
1: Bagley had 11 points and 7 rebounds in this game going 7 of 7 from the free throw line. I like the aggression in getting to the line seven times and knocking down all those shots, but other than that, he went two of seven from the field with six of seven shots he took being right around the basket. In my opinion, this guy's got to be a lot more effective and efficient in scoring, especially if the shots that he's getting are right around the rim, which they should be with his size and strength. Any win in general for the Kings is is great, but I want to see them be able to replicate the defensive performance in more games going forward. Houston is a struggling team, and with that Kings loss, they've now lost 14 in a row. And the next game that the Kings play isn't going to be like this. Uh, they travel to Atlanta to play the Hawks, and that's a team that features a few more dynamic scores than Houston has. And I would love to see Sacramento hold Atlanta, below their average of 113 points per game.
0: To close us off, we're gonna head over to Phoenix to take a look at the Suns. Last week you had said that you felt the Suns overperformed in the first half of the season. Did the first game of the second half of the season replicate that?
1: Phoenix could very well make me eat my words in calling them an overperforming team and predicting that they'll fall to the sixth seed. Now while I won't go back on what I said quite yet and if it comes to it at the end of the regular season, I'll admit if I was wrong, I will say that I'm very impressed with this team, so much so that I gave them the top dog spot in this podcast. The Suns came out of the break with a 127-121 victory over the Portland Trailblazers, extending their win streak to five games. Devin Booker was sensational with 35 points on 21 shots, along with five rebounds and eight assists. Michael Bridges, who I've talked about as one of the keys to Phoenix's success, had 18 points on a very impressive 8 of 10 shooting. But the guy who really surprised me and has done so on multiple occasions this year was Cameron Payne coming off the bench. Now, this is a guy who was mainly known for his pregame dance with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City for a while, but now he's making some big contributions for the Suns in multiple games. He finished this game with 13 points and 6 assists on 4 of 5 shooting and was plus 24. For Phoenix.
0: Phoenix is a team that has shocked everyone a bit this season, given their 8-0 performance in the bubble to finish out the year. What do you attribute to be the biggest reason behind this team's success?
1: I can't say enough good things about the job that both Monty Williams and James Jones have done in building this team. The addition of Chris Paul was a fantastic move from Jones, and Devin Booker even said himself earlier this week that Paul has been a big part of his growth and the steps that he's taken this season. And then you take a look at what Monty Williams has done in terms of strategy. Phoenix is third in the league in terms of opponent points per game. Their offensive rating is seventh in the league, and they adapted their playing style to fit their roster. Last year, the Suns were a team that ranked 10th in pace, but this year they're second to last at 29th in pace. And that's because they changed the way they play with the acquisition of a guy like Chris Paul. Having that kind of player, one of the best point guards to play the game, Phoenix has slowed down and is a lot more deliberate with their possessions and they ex- execute really well in the half court. The Western Conference has a lot of great teams in it. And I think Phoenix is turning out to be one of those teams that, people can no longer ignore or cast aside.
0: Awesome to see how much has gone on in the Pacific Division, even with the All-Star break taking up so much of the last week. Um, it's crazy to think about how much good basketball can be played by, by all these great teams. What's on the horizon for, for the Pacific Division?
1: Well, tonight we have two matchups where the Suns and the Kings will travel to Atlanta to play the Hawks. And then tomorrow we have that Warriors and Jazz matchup and the Clippers head to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. And finally, the Lakers will take the court on Monday, facing the Warriors on the second night of their back-to-back.